Or is it just a prime example of George R.R. R. Martin's fascination with dicks? Yes, it's the dicks. The dicks. Next. Martin's not the only one fascinated with them. A to the O! What up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, your favorite full spoiler reread podcast of George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series, Reading A Clash of Kings. I am your host, Zach, and sitting here next to me, as always, a bit surprised by this new and re- redone intro, my brother Nate. I'm more surprised that you kept going since I squeaked really loud oh, as did you, you started the whole thing, I so I don't know if it, it got picked Maybe up or not. Maybe it'll amplify it. I don't know. Adding to the... Something. Acoustics of That's the, the word That's what I yell. Anyway, we like to read A Song of Ice and Fire here and then talk about it. Full spoiler that and so if you haven't read them and you don't want them to be spoiled for you leave now finish those books come on back you can even go start at chapter one of game of thrones it's way back there in the back i was trying to come up with a spoiler yeah but you couldn't come up with one i came up with one but it's a bit late now so i'll save it for next episode You'll forget it by the next Probably. episode. You suck at this. But it's not relevant now. It, it's still We're still discussing Anyway, this. if you joined us last episode, we were reading Tyrion 3. You had to check my notes? No. Nope. Was that my notebook you were looking at? No. Huh. As you gave Tell me us what shit. happened in Tyrion 3, Nate. Tyrion had originally met with the small council, including Cersei and Meister Pycelle and Littlefinger to discuss Stannis's letter. Stannis's Fucking come at me, bro. Thought I wouldn't remember. He then left there to go visit the most fanciestest of brothels Chitaya-ya in town. Chitaya and Alaya-ya. <laughs> yeah, them. But it was all a ruse so that he could actually meet with his new best friend, Varys, and they could go have some drinks together and shoot pool and stuff. So they're hanging out by Fireside. That is no, 100% he, uh, accurate. <laughs> Just he takes her to the new house where Shay is being kept. But this episode we're reading Bran, and it's his second chapter. Number two, what happened last time with Bran, Zach? He saw a comet. Everybody has seen the comet. Every chapter. I mean, so I'm not wrong. I don't think he mentions the comet at all in this chapter, actually. I don't either. But, but uh, I... no, in Brand 1, uh, we, we got the status of Winterfell since Ned Stark's death in A Game of Thrones and, and sort of the update there. We did get mention of the comet and sort of what everyone thinks. Brand sees it as very foreboding. Osha believes it to be dragons. It's Everybody's got the opinions on it. Bran has been struggling with some wolf dreams. He doesn't really like them, and he's been haunted by dreams of this three-eyed raven that is haunting him relentlessly. And he's upset. He feels abandoned. He feels all stranded now as this prince of Winterfell that he's aspired to be. He's not sure how he feels about Rob being named king, and so you... Bran kind of has the shit of it right now. He's expected to rule Winterfell, with Lewin and Roderick helping him, but he's expected to rule Winterfell, and be this prince and he's still dealing with the loss of his legs and just wanting to be a knight and so we pick up with this one with poor little bran hasn't been sleeping much because he is awake before the sun rose over winterfell and there were guests in winterfell for the harvest festival and more will be coming steady throughout the chapter yeah so the first that are here already are the manderleys and uh the usually bran would be like Super excited because they're going to be tilting, they're jousting there. You know, it's a little mini tournament. It's not quite as extravagant as what Robert would throw, but 
I mean, it's not nearly as extravagant as what Robert would throw. Right. That's what I just said. Mm. Mm, I said it's not what he would do. You just said what I said. You said, hey, you were like, you made it sound like it's not quite like it's extravagant in any me. It really isn't. They're, they're, they're just adult. Like, they're just training in the yard. Just jousting. Well, right now, the there's going to be a little joust for the far- the festival. Later. Yeah, but it's shit. Like, I, that's what I'm shit. saying. Nah. And so, but he, he's not excited at all because he can't. Because he's bitter as shit, yeah. And, yeah, he thinks, well, the, the fucking Walders, they're uh, Catelyn's wards currently at Winterfell, Big and Little Walder, would get to break lances with the squires from Lord Manderley's escort. Bland, Bran must pr- play the prince in his father's solar. And... But he thinks about how he'd mu- he wanted to be a knight. I didn't want to be a prince. Like, that was never what I wanted. I just wanted to be a badass knight, riding around with a cool shield, suit of armor, Protecting damsels. Yeah, he thinks, why should he spend his days listening to old men think, speak of things he only half understood? Which, hilarious, hilarious with where he ends up in Dance of, with Dance of Dragons. Yeah, yeah. He's literally in a cave, stuck there, listening, listening to, to an old man speak of things that there's not a fucking soul on the planet who, who can have a full grasp of. So, like, L of fucking L. You are the chosen one, Bran. That's why you should be spending your days listening to old men. <laughs> and I also thought, because anytime I see, like, old, I immediately think of old Nan. And so I thought of that as well. Like, these stories that old Nan told. Like, you're the, you're the story yeah, keeper. Yeah. You're the, you're, you are the one who needs to be listening to these old men tell the, tell the tales. But a voice inside him just whispers, because you're broken. And that's where he's kind of at with it. He thinks he's... Now, because of the the lack of use of his legs, he's useless, and that's what society, this society, would tell him as well. Is he's a cripple? So. Well, he does think of a few examples of where that mold is broken, with like Walder Frey being carried around in his litter and shit all the time, but still being a lord. But he's he also understands that nobody gives a fuck about that guy. There's yeah, no respect in yeah, that. Yeah, Walder dude. Frey has not a respect. Yeah, but. Sir Roderick had also reminded him that it, it, it was his duty to do so. He, as Prince of Winterfell, there were certain things expected of him. So we learned that Wyman Manderley had arrived from White Harbor two days past via barge and litter, as he is too fat to sit a horse, hence Stannis's apt, apt description of Lord too fat yeah. to sit a horse. Now, he also ha, ha, ha. is someone who rides around in the litter. That Bram was just yeah. talking about, and I just think it's interesting. Well, to, like everybody who does is sort of this unappealing, yeah, yeah. not somebody you would want to. The only person s- who is in, I think, the comparisons that is someone to aspire to is Doran Martell. Yeah, and yeah. that's because of his gout. That but he, I think it's interesting that of the two people that are named to be in litters, Walder Frey is behind the red wedding shit, so he's a conniving, ruthless fuck. Wyman Manderley is supposedly behind the GNC. GNC. And so I just think it's interesting that the two decrepit, gross people that nobody expects anything of are pulling off some fucking wild shit. Which, for any who may be listening and may not know, the GNC is the Grand Northern Conspiracy, which deals with events from essentially this book up to A Clash of Kings. I guess Game of Thrones is in there as well, but... And it's a really interesting read if you've never heard or read about it or seen anything it's about it. It's spectacular. So go look it up because we're gonna about... be we're gonna be talking about it quite a bit in this chapter because a lot of it starts to come up here, especially with Lord Wyman Manderley arriving. And with him came some retainers, knights, squires, lesser lords, ladies, jugglers, just 
everybody everyone to have a good time um, so bran had welcomed them to winterfell from his father's high stone seat with the carved dire wolves on the arms cool so i think that that there is an interesting line it's still his father's high seat oh he does that multiple times and i i'm just i particularly think it's interesting that he's keeping it as his father's cuz technically speaking at this point that's his chair mm. because the iron throne is Rob's quote unquote is Rob's, yes. Yeah. Um, but he still can't. He won't claim ownership. I mean, he does it later when when he does have dinner too. Well, when he has dinner too, they put him in his father's well, chair yeah. to to welcome and dine with, I think, Lord Manderley. And yeah, he he can't get out of the habit of thinking of it as his father's chair, his father's pool by the hearts. Heart yeah, yeah spot and, there. But yeah, so Bran welcomes them from his father's chair, and that would have. If that was it, he wouldn't have minded at all, but it was really only the beginning of having to deal with this being the prince. Yeah, yeah. And so Sir Roderick essentially points out that Manderley wants something. He yeah, didn't... No one's going to make this journey just to come up and break bread for the yeah, harvest Yeah, there's festival. a purpose for him being here. And, He's asking for something or... And that sets the tone for the entire... There's a purpose for everyone who yep. comes. Every single person has a ulterior motive or something else they want other than what they're initially presenting. Yeah, because then you'll learn that there are people that don't make it, and they hmm. just don't necessarily want anything. What interesting list that is. Yeah, no kidding. And so he could almost hear his father and Rob's voice saying, Winter is coming, and you are almost a man grown, Bran. You have a duty. And so that's, I mean, this kid still is stuck. Like, that's the interesting part about Bran, is he's being pulled now between... You know, his depression over loss of his legs and everything he wanted to be. The fact that he has this duty to Winterfell, so he's got to play the prince. He can't give in to this depression and just kind of wallow in it. He's got to put on that that brave face. And the fact that he's essentially alone. Like, he is now the oldest Stark in Winterfell. And doesn't have any friends, really. And doesn't have anyone to confide in beside his wolf. And he's having these crazy fucking wolf dreams and and three-eyed raven dreams. Who's just encouraging those anyway. And so Bran's in a hell of a spot, but... When Hodor arrived, he found Bran ready and waiting, and they washed and dressed him very richly because Sir Roderick would want him to look lordly. And Bran preferred dressing himself, but Hodor made it quicker and easier. And once taught, Hodor's deft hands always made the job quicker, and he was always gentle, even though his strength was astonishing. Yeah, he and Bran says, You could have been a knight too, I bet, if the gods hadn't taken your wit. The gods. Yeah. So if it is common knowledge at this point that uh, Martin gave the now fucking ostracized D&D some pointers about the show, and one of them supposedly is the Hodor thing. Um, so assuming that Bran has something to do with Hodor losing his wits, that line. Yeah is going to have so much more weight when it's Which actually Which is why I brought it up. In, in book. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. If the gods hadn't taken your wits, if it ends up being Bran who took his wits, it's essentially Bran saying, you could have been a great knight if, if I, I hadn't didn't fuck, fuck your life. Your, yeah, and so it's it's going to be so good when we actually figure out what's happening with Bran to, to go back and reread these yeah, and see yeah. what lines carry significance. But, yeah, so he puts on his basket saddle there, <laughs> yeah. and uh, Bran climbs up in. We get a little story once again about... 
um, Hodor jetting through the the place and cracking Bran's head. Yeah, on he the, smelled the... baking bread and he Hell fucking yeah. booked it. And Bran <laughs> got his head whapped on the door. Oh, like, like fucking cool. I love man that story, bread. man. That's the coolest. Yeah, like, he had to fucking... get stitches on his head. Yeah, he cracked it. Lewin open had so to good. sew up his skull. And then Micken had given him an old rusted helm with the visor removed, but Bran rarely wore it, wore it because the Walders laughed at him every time he saw it. So yeah, fucking hold, God, right. I hate those kids. Yeah, fuck the Walders. And so speaking of, when they get outside, he decides to take just a quick peek at the men at arms, the squires at practice, and he just wished so hard that he could be one of them. And some of them stare at Bran in his basket, but he'd learned to ignore the stares. He towered over them anyway from Hodor's back. Yeah. And, like, again, just a symbolism of Bran overlooking and, and looking down. And he's starting to get that, that uh, from up here. I can see the everything. The stairs, you know, what do the stairs matter? Because huh, the stairs, that could be, you know, actual physical yeah, stairs yeah, or we, the, all right, the, the, the look stairs. Yeah. You accidentally punned. Got Got over em. it. And so the Walders were currently mounted, mounting up, each splendidly armored, though distinct from each other, uh, taking different sub-variants of their houses, the Cray Calls and, and the fucking... And Bran notes immediately, they must be hungry for glory to separate themselves, so a Stark needs only the dire wolf. Yeah, because they've just got so many, you know... Different houses the, represented Right, because he's got... Them. uh One is a Blackwood with the, the Frey symbol all intertwined, and the other one is the other... Like, just all sorts of shit. And, yeah, I just thought that was... I don't know, just very succinct of him to notice yeah like we only need the one i mean that's the phrase though that's it is they're just so hungry and selfishly greedy for pulling themselves up the ladder that yeah bran immediately points that out and then he notes that while little walder struck harder big walder seemed to sit sit his horse better at least bran thought so and bran would have loved to have ride against ridden against either one of them like, i love that because like every kid's got that before where it's like man i could i could take him i could do it yeah mm. and so now we get the real dick headery as little yeah. walder rides up to bran and says now there's an ugly horse of hodor and bran yeah. says hodor's no horse and big walder trots up as well saying he's not as smart as a horse that's for certain and Hodor is just Hodor and obliviously, and the horse fucking wickers, and they're like, "Oh, see, they're talking to each other. Maybe Hodor just said, I love you.'" And Bran gets pissed and is like, "You shut up! Stop and it now!" Little Walder spurs his horse forward and bumps Hodor with it, like motherfucker. You son, wait, mother Hodor fucker. can grab your horse and wrestle it to the fucking ground, bitch. Like, and you're going to be testing that kind of... And so Lil Walder's bitch ass asks Bran, what will you do if I won't? And Big Walder says, careful, cousin, he'll set his wolf on you. And then Lewin... They go back and forth a little bit, but Lewin fucking... His voice cuts oh, through yeah. like thunder. Like, enough of this shit. And he demands to know what is the root of... Like, what the fuck is going on? And so they all... You know, as Start kids doing, do. Yeah. Him, but, he did, and I said, and then we said, and now he's wrong. But Lewin will not have... Any motherfucker talking shit about Hodor. Hell no. On his watch. Like, uh uh-uh. And that's pretty much the end of it. And so he tells Bran to come with him. Lord Wyman awaits. And so as they're entering, Lewin's telling Bran, I shouldn't have to come and fetch you. Like, you're a lord now. And, and like, because Bran breaks up the phrase. Like, oh, you know, they were. He's like, no, we're done. We're we're done. Yeah. I shouldn't have to come and find you as if you were a child. And Bran's like, okay, yeah, sure. And then Bran says, you know, what should 
I say, and Lewin's like, he'll say nothing. You're going to sit quiet unless you're specifically asked a question. And it's like, dang, Lewin, like, you asked him if he had any questions, (laughs) and, like... You so, just... yeah, they sat Bran in his father's chair, Sir Roderick on his right, Lewin on his left with scrolls and parchment and ink to take notes. And Manderly was amiable, loud, boisterous. So, I, I liked this part because as he sits down, uh, Bran is, apologizes and, you know, greets him because he was supposed to offer courtesies yeah. and that's it. And when he greets him, he apologizes for being late. And so I put that Gandalf Manderly comes out <laughs> yeah, with, no shit. a prince is never late. Those who arrive before him have come early. That's all. <laughs> that's your Wyman voice? I think shit. that he's this wild, just, he's so amused by himself that it's just fucking hilarious. But I'm down. Yeah, I just thought that that was funny how close to Gandalf that was. So that. he, yeah, he gets down to brass taxes, essentially. He wants approval on his new customs officers because the other ones were holding gold and giving it to the Lannisters. Yep. He also offers to make mint Rob's coinage because Rob is going to need coinage with his face yeah. printed on it. Soon. Do you think they'd just be called wolves instead of, like, dragons? I don't know if they would change the name, but uh, maybe. He also reports that they have strengthened the port's defenses, and he proposes to build Rob a war fleet of ships, as they are currently the weakest at sea. They have no ships. You just gotta provide us with some gold, is all. So, yeah, Bran perks up at the mention of ships, and begins wondering if a cripple ever captained a ship, or uh, commanded a ship, but... No, Arya's gonna do that for you. But otherwise, he's bored of this meeting as Roderick and Lewin go back and forth with Manderly, wishing he could be down in the yard watching them, at least. But... They end up sitting through lunch, because they order lunch, basically, and yeah. that gets brought in, and... The important part comes up. Manderly mentions that he got a letter from Tywin, who held his eldest son, Sir Willis, and Tywin offers him back without ransom, provided he withdraw his levies from Rob and vow to fight no more. And Roderick immediately is like, and you'll deny him, of course. And Wyman's like, oh, oh, of course, no. I am loyal, and I wrote the quote, King Rob has no more loyal servant than Wyman Manderly. But still, he would hope to get his son out of Hall soon, because it's a, it's a fucked up place, and, and he does want his son back. So he's like, maybe something can be done. But, uh, but one of the most honest lines in the series if it plays out where the grand yeah, so with the grand uh, northern conspiracy, it is thought that Wyman Manderly is at the heart of it because where we leave things in the current narrative, he is very, he only just gets his son back. He's yeah, because he's been acting friendly toward the Lannisters in the phrase and actually ha- houses some of the phrase at his place supposedly in White Harbor. Yeah. Plays off a ruse that he kills our favorite Onion Knight. It's a it's a whole bunch of shit. But yeah, he, he a lot of people Davos and they he tells Davos that he is buying his time until the time is right because the North remembers and he gives Davos a task of finding a certain missing Stark and so. I think right here, it's this line that is either going to prove the biggest lie or the biggest truth of Wyman Manderly's character. Either this is the start of the GNC here of like, yeah, no, they're... they're We're loyal to the bone. Loyal Tywin to the bone. essentially is asking him to betray Rob. And, yeah, exactly. And, and Withdraw for, for from his the son. Yeah, and he's saying, like, I'm not going to do that. I'm hoping my son will become a priority of getting him back, but I'm not going to betray Rob. I'm a loyal servant. And so... 
Just super interesting. And so just before that, we also got mention of his cousin, Lady Hornwood. Yeah. Who he has been mentioning, you know, might need to look to wed soon. And he off- he says, you know, he wouldn't be against that, but he also has a son that, that son, Wireless, that would be available as well when he gets free from the war and fighting for his king, Stark. Yeah, so it was late that night at supper. Uh, a horn heralded the arrival of Lady Donella Hornwood. She arrived with only six men-at-arms, and Bran greeted her, offering his condolences, as Lord Hornwood had been killed in the Battle of the Green Fork, and their only son had been slain in the Whispering Wood. By Jamie Lannister. By Jamie Lannister, mm-hmm. and Bran tells her that Winterfell will remember. And she thanks him for that, but she's just weary and wants rest right now, so they say, of course, we'll talk in the morning. So, the next morning... Yeah, was, first they just kind of mostly talk about provisions and how they're supposed to be yeah, setting with winter meats coming, aside yeah. and how much is required to be set aside. Um, but then Lady Hornwood starts talking about the bastard Bolton amassing forces. Like, guys stirring up an army or some shit up there. Mm. And she... Because he's described as the bastard Bolton, who is sly and cruel, but he's also been called to the Dread Fort um, per Roos because Roos's son died. Yeah, she she had written to the bastard Bolton and asked him what his intent was with gathering these forces, and he answered that no Bolton would ever be questioned by a woman as if he were a trueborn. And had any right to speak with And to so her Roderick confesses to not knowing this bastard of Bolton, and she says that few do. He lived with his mother until two years passed when young Domerick died and left Bolton without an heir, and which he called his son to the Dreadfort. The boy is a sly creature by all accounts, and he has a servant who is almost as cruel as he is. Reek, they call the man. They hunt together, the bastard in this reek, but not for deer. And now that my husband and son are gone, he eyes my lands hungrily. So, that's a hell of a building block for this character. No shit. So, the bastard of Bolton, Ramsay Bolton, ladies and gentlemen, in the flesh, not really, yet. But. So, this is him and, she's talking about him and his original. Him and Reek. So, uh, fans of the show, we, we got an email mentioning this topic from Julian, our friend who hasn't read through the books quite yet and so he's excited because he heard about reek but uh he knows reek is theon and so the fact that yeah there is a there's reek before theon yeah and theon getting, is reek 2.0 and getting he's not this, the original reek. yeah this uh domerick died the original Trueborn. son and mm-hmm. there's suspicion around that as to whether or not Ramsey. what caused that mm-hmm. and then we learn that they hunt they like to hunt but not deer which is Ramsey hunting with his dogs. He likes to Which hunt is what he does people. to Theon yeah. multiple times. He does that in the show as well. But this is early, early evidence to who and how monstrous this fucking guy and is. And he's already eyeing Lady Hornwood's lands. And on top of that, we get that he speaks as if he were a trueborn with the right to the name of Bolton. And so already we know Ramsey is cruel, manipulative, like and, and entitled as fuck. He he's got a far reach. He he thinks he's playing the Game of Thrones and wants to. And so this is a dangerous motherfucker. And so Bran, it said, wanted to give her a hundred men, 
But Roderick had only said, should he do anything, he will suffer dire consequences. You'll be safe enough, my lady, though you may find it prudent to wed again soon. Roderick just condemned this woman to her death. Hardcore. Bran wanted to give her men. If Bran gave her men, she might not have been seized when she leaves this Harvest Festival. Yes, because she's leaving the Harvest Festival and she gets captured She gets taken by by Ramsay Bolton, where she's then married to him, put in a tower, and forced to chew her fingers off because she's starving. Roderick just condemned her to that death yeah. by not not taking anything she just said seriously about the bastard of Bolton. Right. She right. laid it out. She laid it out. This, guy's this a motherfucker monster. is amassing men, eyeing my lands, and he is cruel. He is a monster. And yeah, no, you, we'll you'll keep an eye you, on. You'll be you'll safe be enough, safe my lady. Lands, but maybe you, you should marry a man to come protect you. That's your answer. Bran wanted to give her a hundred men. Bran is the Prince of Winterfell, yet he was told he shouldn't speak unless spoken to. If Bran had spoken up and said, give her her. some men, like, they silenced him. And, like, I thought it was super interesting that it noted that Bran wanted to give her 100 men, but Roderick just, nah. Like, fuck you, Roderick. Fuck you, man. (laughs) So she says that she will wed if her gra- if his grace commands it, but so far her pickings have been real slim. Yeah, and it's going to be all the men that are coming next that will be offering their hands. Yeah. And she's just not looking forward to it. Like her cousin, Manderly uh, Wyman there, yep. He she doesn't want to fucking be laying in bed with him. Fuck Ooh, that. Uh-uh. And then who's the other one? Uh, Moore's uh, Umber. Yeah. Crow food. Crow food. And he's a fucking beast, fucking monster of a, just a son of a bitch that'll beat the shit out of her anyway, so you may as well give her to Ramsay. Yeah, so she takes her leave, and Bran notes that she was was so sad, like, she was just really sad. Yeah, she kind of gave a little flirting wink to Roderick on her way out. Yeah, you may not need to search so far, sir, and... Yeah, Lewin starts ribbing Roderick. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I believe she fancies you, but Branch is the one who knows that, like, she seems sad. Like, and Roderick agrees she did seem sad, yet she's also a danger to Rob's kingdom. With her unwed, many will be looking to her lands as unclaimed. And they talk of, uh, uh, Brand potential suitors. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who could, <clears throat> who, who could potentially take over the claim of this land? And Brand suggests Lord Hornwood's bastard. And, uh, they weren't sure. They're like, eh, you Lady know. Hornwood wouldn't like that because it's no blood of hers. But Lewin says it must be considered. And I like the quote goes to, if not the bastard, who? And again, with the GNC, the Grand Northern Conspiracy, right, a right. part of that is potentially John and Harry Rob Lewin. having named John his heir. <laughs> And, and there's a not, letter if that not was, the bastard who? Cause, well, because the letter existed. That was written. Yeah, yeah. That's known. But. The word is that yeah they're trying to get John and so yeah up there just if not the, the bastard who like I just thought you know like Once it, again, it must be considered yeah. like and that's uh it's just yeah it's a real good thing but um as Bran asks to be excused we are also gonna ask to be excused so we can convene our small council we've got quite we got a bit a good, to cover yeah so. uh, it'll be a decent length but we'll jump council, uh, but... we'll try to jump right back into the episode so we'll make it quick so stick around for the small council listen to the updates and what we've got for you some listener write-ins that we are really excited to talk about and then see you on the other side welcome back 
welcome to the small council, everyone. Thank you for joining us. So, as we always do, is that gonna sneeze or some shit? So. That, he started making this weird little thing. I thought I was gonna, like, but I think we had. That's wild. So, we'd like to just, you know, break off from the chapter a little bit. We read some listener emails that aren't necessarily for this chapter, give our socials, then we get right back into the chapter. So, I wanted to start because we received some. Some correspondence over on Podbean from Queen, once again, who was listening to our Aria 4 episode. And she said it was another great episode. Aria in this chapter and others remind her of Artemis, the moon goddess, which fits into the whole sun and moon quote of the chapter. Artemis is associated with wilderness, the hunt, protection of the young. Arya's storyline sees the wilderness of riverlands impacted by the war, her connection to Nymeria, who hunts when Arya wargs into her, and her training in the House of Black and White, and not to mention her refusal to leave Weasel behind, the crying girl. Uh, Furthermore, similar to Artemis with her bow and arrow, she has her own very specific weapon with needle. Yeah. Um, And so I just thought that was a really cool analogy to, I'm big fan of Artemis, the goddess. Uh, she's been known to have some cool badass pets, and I like big monstrous monster pets that fight shit. And so, thank you so much for writing in, Queen. Yeah. So, because Queen had mentioned, uh, had written over on Podbean, I wanted to take a moment to just jump over to that and let you guys know that we are big users of Podbean ourselves. We think you should use it as well. Download the app. You can find all of our episodes, our full Game of Thrones backlog, all these current Clash of Kings episodes, and it's a great way to listen to podcasts. You know? And you can follow us, rate us, review us, and leave comments where we can talk to you there. So, speaking of... We also got uh, an email from Goblin Queen on Twitter. And uh, basically... Goblin Queen has one of the coolest jobs and uh, had to deal with some stupidity. So we are sorry you had to deal with that. But about Aria 4, it's obviously too late to send the inductee. It's not too late. Not we too late. We're going to kind of grant this one. But let's just say that every time Jacques and Hagar makes an appearance, he is my default inductee. So she has a default inductee of Jacques go. and Hagar. Arya's mentors are exceptional characters, and I wonder who she'll meet in the future as someone like her never ceases to learn. Valor Darth Harris, yes, I'll see myself out now. Thank you, Goblin Queen. We appreciate any and all emails we, we get. And and some quick context, her Valar Darth Harris was quite funny because her job had something to do with Star Wars, and so it did reflect back on that. It did. And so, well, because we didn't read that part, so nobody really knew about that. I'm the, aware. Comedy I'm gonna it, still so. say it. Well, I'm just explaining, giving context me. to the listeners so they understand. So we also got another email from our friend, uh, another frost-covered, not another. <laughs> another. A, our uh, uh, correspondence north of the wall. Yeah. Uh, one of the wildlings up there is writing down to us, uh, Ari. Ari from uh, King. Yeah, we're probably saying that wrong, just like we say Ari from. Arya's chapter is wrong, yeah. so if we are, fuck it, we're going to do it anyway, Ari. Ari, and what did we say? What did we decide? How are we saying his name? Ari? 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 Ari. I like Ari. 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 Ari and his wife, Laura, who just had a birthday. Happy, Happy birthday! birthday. And uh, so they are longtime listener, first-time callers, and thank you for doing so. And it was actually his wife, Laura, who got him to start listening, so good on you, Laura. Yeah! 
And after Theon 1, we notice something weird. As you guys pointed out, there is a lot of phallic imagery in this chapter, all seemingly tied to Theon's identity as an Ironborn and a Greyjoy. When he thinks about coming home as the conquering hero who delivers his father a crown, he literally ejaculates. Literally ejaculates is something I never thought would be in an email. Thank you for knocking that <laughs> off my bucket list. Later on, his father talks about who the worthy successor is and who has the balls and how it's clearly not him. I wanted to know what you guys think of this considering what the where Theon ends up. The two most notable things about Reek is that he is both dickless and identityless. It's in- interesting to see the foreshadowing Martin ties into these two ideas in Theon's first chapter so that he can take them both away at the same time later on. From where we leave him at the end of Dance and where the show takes him, it looks like we're in for some sort of redemption arc where he'll regain some semblance of identity. Do you think these ideas are purposely tied together so strongly and how will that tie into the future of this character? Uh, I don't foresee him growing a new penis, so is this just a symbol of his own identity before he casts it off or some, uh, for something new? Or is it just a prime example of George R.R. R. Martin's fascination with dicks? Yes, it's the dicks. The dicks. Next. Martin's not the only one fascinated with them. Anyway. <laughs> no. I, I think, uh, one, I think you kind of finished our thought because we were talking about it, how we, never actually, we actually we didn't connect it to them. the reek, but... Yeah, we discussed both of the topics, the the self, just the obsessed with himself so much where he does climax at that thought. And we also discussed his lack of identity, his he him not fitting in anywhere, being with his father. But we never did connect them together as to that's who he's going to become. So thank you for giving us that little glue there. But yeah, no, a hundred percent. His his identity is tied to his sexuality very early on. There's no other character in the series that is so identifyingly sexual. and Because there are other characters that enjoy sex, Tyrion. Tyrion, and, yeah. Uh, there's, there's others, but he's the one that just, it's constant. It's always there for him. And even once he's losing, you know, the parts that give that, Ramsey's still throwing shit in his face about, yeah. like, I mean, most likely literally as well, throwing shit in his face, but also just, you know, taunting and teasing him with it. And it's it's wild. But, yeah, I definitely think George had it in mind because this being Theon's first point of view chapter, I think he really wanted to give us who Theon really is Mm. on the inside because, you know, this is the first time we get his thoughts on any of this stuff and to make it so sexual and so about his identity. The two most important things to Theon are his status and his dick. And so those both get taken away from him, and that's what we're being shown. These are, as Ramsey puts it in the show... Those are his two most valuable toys, and when those are taken away from him, we see a completely destroyed man. So, thank you, Ari. Uh, Winter is coming, he finishes it with, and uh, if you would like to, as Ari did, as um, Goblin Queen did, like to write us and send us an email with your inductees or your thoughts on any chapter, we are... On G, uh, at Gmail, you can get us at withoutmannersbrotherhood at gmail.com. Send us anything, really, because yeah, any- obviously if you have a good point, we'll read it out on the small council. Uh, we're also on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at carstark92. Yeah, I'm over there at Manners Without, and you can get us inductees over on the Twitters. We always try to you know keep notes, and even if we're not on a chapter that you want to give an inductee for, we can include it here on the small council. So you can also get us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash brotherhoodpodcast. We have Patreon patreon.com slash manners without yeah 
No, without manners. Without manners. Patreon.com slash without manners. See, I know people get confused. We get confused, too. We get confused. Too, but, but this long, uh, short council is running a little long, so we're going to quickly dive right back into the brand chapter. Well, it's probably not quickly because I'm going to drag it out a little longer right now like this. But, yeah, we'll see you in the brand chapter. So, Bran asks to be excused, and Roderick tells him that he did well. You done good, boy. You did good, kid. You just sat there and shut the fuck up. And he, Bran thinks that he even had time left in the day to go visit Summer. Hell yeah. And so, as it cuts right to it, as Hodor enters the godswood, Summer emerged from the oaks as if he knew they were coming. He did know. He did, of course. Bran also sees Shaggy Dog as well and calls him, but... That wolf vanishes. Yeah, Shaggy's like, fuck you, man. Yeah, you ain't oh, Rickon. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Where is Rickon? But at least he's being nice to Where him. Where do you think Rickon is? Playing with Walder and Walder. Well, I suppose they're out tra- doing their jousting shit, so... In the crypts? Um, no, I don't think he'd be in the crypts down there by himself without Shaggy Dog. Um, probably just playing, man. He's There's other kids that he plays with. Things brand to his favorite spot, which is by the pool where Lord Eddard used to pray. Yeah, Ned's spot. Yeah, and the surface is kind of rippling even though there's no wind, and Bran is like, the fuck? And then and Osha, <laughs> wow, all naked. All and sexy swimsuit yeah. model and shit. And uh, startles Hodor. Hodor starts Hodoring, and Bran kind of calms him down and asks, how can you swim in there? Isn't it cold? She says, I used to suck on icicles as a babe. I like the cold. And so. How does I don't I don't know, dude. That was, that was like, my favorite thing was like, okay, so you you had a bad parent. So you had and popsicles then, and now you like to swim in ice water. Yeah. Correlation, hmm? definitely. But yeah, she's a wildling, essentially. Yeah. But Bran starts to notice her body and notice her scars and recalls her stories of giants, thinking that maybe she got them fighting giants. But she says she got them fighting men. Hard earned, everyone. Mostly crows. And she gets dressed, saying that she heard about him in the Frey Boys and what happened. <laughs> and he says, what, what was it that you heard? And she, she says that she heard, it's a fool boy who makes Mac. Mox makes Max mocks. Makes Max. Don't, don't mock a giant. Let's try that again. It's a fool boy who mocks a giant in a mad world when a cripple has to defend him. Mad world. I didn't even. Oh, I, yeah. I just did because I looked at my notes and saw the quote. And I was like, oh, mad world. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, no, I really like that. Yeah, it's a fool boy who mocks a giant. Yeah. Obviously. And a mad world when. The cripple has yeah, to defend. Yeah, a helpless cripple has to defend this giant who could rip someone's fucking head off. Yeah, like I well, because I was mentioning earlier that like Hodor could literally take the horse's head of the horse that Big Walder yeah. was fucking bumping into him. And but Brand- we, well, because I just was gonna mention how like Hodor wouldn't, and Lewin mentions that like yeah, that's what Brand goes in to say. He says Hodor never fights, and he recalls oh, right, that's the this, time yeah. that Ho- he Hodor got separated from them in the market. And they found Hodor backed in an alley getting fucking, like, poked and prodded. With sticks and, by a bunch of kids. And he, wouldn't, he wasn't retaliating at all. He was just Hodoring and covering and cowering. He's a gentle giant. And that's what he says. Septon Chael says that he has a gentle spirit. And Osha says that he does, but the Walders don't. So be careful of that little Walder. He's mean down to his bones, yeah. from what I've heard. And he's brand... And this is the the child naivete of him, where he's he wouldn't hurt me. Besides, he's scared of summer, and 
You're... Might be that he's smart enough to be afraid of the, the wolves. Like that's right. true, but might be he's stupid enough to not. And if he's stupid enough to not, that's more concerning. So, and that just immediately makes me once again think of the Red Wedding, mm-hmm. and like that's something that he wouldn't dare. Yeah, that would no. That would be the fuck careful, bro. Yeah, and I, I also fuck... like that it, we get note here of her sort of fear of the dire wolves. Yeah, her... and like, and I think that that's the healthy skepticism where she's not running away in terror, but she's like, oh shit, like they and, could, and we get that from such a wizened. Like, she's smart. So far, she is the one who has told Bran pretty much the most truth. About the world, absolutely. Throughout. Well, and that's because so, the wildlings don't think about that dulling the fucking edge of the so world. And so the fact that she has this this fear about the wolves, but it's not for Bran, it's for herself yeah. and anyone who isn't Bran. And so just coming from her, this this healthy skepticism of these wolves, is it put it into a new perspective for me, where she appreciates the relationship between Bran and Summer and, and also understands and how dangerous and, it yeah, could and potentially how this be. wolf could fuck anyone up at a change of this boy's mood and so but notice she's in the godswood alone with them yeah, swimming but she doesn't fear them herself like she's not afraid of them coming at her because she's kind with Bran and she is understands friends that, with yeah. Bran and so I did quotes around friends but and she just warned, yeah, warns him to be careful. And she asks him if he's had any more wolf dreams, but he says no, and doesn't like talking about them. And she says, I'm "Laughing, pri- yeah, a prince ought to be able to lie better." But your secrets are <laughs> go on then, keep your secrets. Keep your secrets. She, yeah, she's like, no, fine, all right, I'm not gonna push you. I, I better get back before Gage starts bitching. So she, if by your leave, my prince, and she leaves. Yeah, and, and so he does thinks he. sort of stubbornly that she shouldn't have mentioned the wolf dreams. Shouldn't have brought those fucking. And up. so yeah, that mm. night he tried to resist sleep as much as he could, but it found him. And this night he dreamed of the werewood, looking at him, calling to him, and from its pale branches the three-eyed raven came pecking and shouting his name, like like a sword. At his face there, yeah, yeah, and so. Um... He was woken by a blast of horns bum, bum, bum. and looks out and realizes by the banner that the umbers have arrived. Yeah. Loudly. And is this the middle of the night or are they like, when are the fucking, or was he just going for a nap? Uh, I, I think it's just like night, I, I believe. And so, because it, it's the, the next day that two of the umbers had come for audience, Moore's umber who had an eye pecked out, and so he wore a chunk of dragon glass in the socket, which and, I just think yeah. is fucking sweet. And according to Old Nan, he had caught the the raven and bit its head off. Yeah. And so that's why he's nicknamed Crow's Food. Yeah. And I like Crow's Food uh, and eventually. Hawthor Umber is uh, Horsebane. But, but she won't tell yeah, him Yeah, she won't tell him why. Morris immediately asks to marry Lady Hornwood, just comes straight out with it. And they all kind of do the same song and dance that they've been doing, which is, yup, 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 we'll, we'll present it to Rob and see what he decides. Hothor wanted ships, saying that the wildlings have been raiding and getting past each watch, East Watch by the Sea by taking little fucking ships and just yeah. slipping around. And Roderick says that between them and the Manderleys, you should be able to build sufficient ships and be able to protect both of your coasts. Yeah, and so they grumble, oh, Manderley, yada, 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 and... Roderick is basically like... You, you, I can the, bring it to Rob like, if you got yeah, a problem. Yeah, we'll go to Rob with this, and then he grumbles, but consents. 
Which Bran is a little surprised about. That he, like, even though this big, burly fucking bully is in there yelling, all that Roderick did was like, yeah, sure. You're going to do it, or you're going to regret not doing it. Yeah. So. And they were still at audience when the Glovermen arrived from Deepwood Mott, along with a large party of tall hearts from Torrin Square. And we, we learned that the Glovers, it's actually only the steward of the of Deepwood Mine. Yeah. But Bran kind of gets the idea through the dealings that he's the one that actually is running things there at Deepwood Ma mm. and not uh, Lady Glover. And so he begs, uh, uh, the, the steward begs forgiveness for his lady not being there. Her babes are too young for the journey and she was loath to leave them. And they question the steward pretty extensively about... Lauren Horde once bastard, <clears throat> asking of the boy, uh, Lawrence Snow, near 12, and the steward had praised him for both his wits and his courage. And so when he leaves, Lewin says to Bran that the idea of the bastard ruling may have merit, and you'll make a fine lord for Winterfell, Bran. That was a good idea. And Bran immediately, prudently, is like, no, I won't. Like, Rob is going to marry, as per the deal with Walder Frey. They're going to have kids. It'll be Rob's kids ruling Winterfell. Not not me, brah. Yeah, I won't be. Well, and Roderick, Roderick is Roderick like, with the knowledge Listen, here. bro. Listen. My kid's dead. I was married. Now it doesn't matter. It's just me and Beth. Roderick's dead. His house in line is dead. Like, you never know what the fuck's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, when we, so. when we speak of tomorrow, nothing is ever certain. I just think that's oddly deep for someone who just sits there and grumbles and. Yeah, you're kind of getting really pissed off at Roderick. Yo, like, we were that, big. Up, we the, were the, all the about the lady Roderick, Hornwood man. thing. Like, really, yeah, I like see that. pissed like, me. Like, fuck. yeah, that painted him in a whole new light. Cause she, like, I saw that as a plea for help from but, her. But I mean, I, I didn't even see that problem until you pointed it yeah. out. And it's only because like. He no, he it's, is cu- just it's a, because a I it's because like, I know what happens. Yeah, to and so her. like Roderick doesn't but, have like, any idea, and that really is the sound. Oh, the, some random but the way, bastard the way is coming. Picks up on how sad she is, and like the fact that she's straight up like he's massing men. He's looking at my land. See, like, but and that's what makes it so interesting, though, with the unreliable narrator. Yeah. that really is an important thing that he should have done. Not. Two paragraphs before, he was perking up over the thought of warships and riding and captaining yeah, yeah. a warship. And before that, he wanted to ride his horse and battle against, you know, the Walders and Joust. And so it's like, oh, I'll send her a hundred men and we'll protect her and save the poor lady. No, you really do need to send this yeah, chick a yeah. hundred men to fucking protect her. But yeah. nobody really knows. Don't take it out on poor Roderick, man. man. Well, like, no, I think what annoyed me was his solution was you should marry like that's all. That's the best we can keep do. an eye on like, things and then like, get yeah, yourself yeah. protected. But if by he, somebody if he you... does act against you, he'll be sorry. We have yet to see that he's acted against her and he's not sorry in the least bit. And so Roderick's wrong there. He completely doesn't yeah. fulfill that vow. Well, I mean, and he technically, two, yeah, he hasn't been. His solution is for her to get married, get find a man to protect you. Like, fuck off, like. She is one of your, as it's specifically stated, one of the primary vassals of Winterfell. It is the Lord's duty to protect their fucking vassals. Like, Bran is right here. And Roderick and Lewin told him to, like, I really, that painted them in a whole new light for me. Because Bran had the answer. And even 50 men. Obviously, they could have talked him down. I Like, you know, 100's 
the uh, ridiculous well, yeah. claim of the child, right, yeah. I think. But sending the men, the the whole idea of it was correct. We went on a tangent about Ro- Roderick when we were fucking elsewhere in the story anyway. Yeah, so no, we were, because uh, we were talking about Roderick, pr- yeah, talking yeah, yeah, about yeah, him yeah. being a lord. But yeah, so the next fan, uh, house to show is the, the Tall Hearts. Yep. And Leobald. We learned, tall yeah, heart. Leobald Tall Hearts' nephew it has formed up a group because he wants to fight. But yeah. he was told by his father and Rob to stay behind on their lands. But in the meantime, they've grouped up and started calling themselves the Wild Hares. And they traverse the countryside singing songs of chivalry. Yeah, all of them are boys no older than 19, yet each one of them believes themselves another young wolf. And when I had told them that they are only young rabbits, they laughed at me. And now they gallop across all of the countryside calling themselves the Wild Hares with rabbit skins tied to their lances singing songs of chivalry. So this is, I mean, it's like the and the dollar store Brotherhood without banners. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like they're, exactly. they're they're trying to do the same thing, but they yeah they don't have the so I, again I, coming from where we were just you were bashing Roderick and giving him a hard time. Uh, now we jump into again. Brand gave that great answer. He thinks this sounds yeah, grand, yeah, yeah. and it's like, well, which is it? Like, he, it's these ridiculous things he's into. But no, I like that you mentioned that they're basically the Brotherhood without banners, but without any cause or real motive. Yeah. Ned sent the banners, the Brotherhood there, out to specifically stop Clegane and do things in the name of the king. And these guys, they just, they just want fucking honor and glory. Well, it's it's interesting because that's. That's the start of it. And then we look at what the Brotherhood Without Banners becomes. Yeah. And, like, this is dangerous to do. Like, right. this is how you get bands of brigands and, mm-hmm. and highwaymen who are just going to kill because if they get separated and all the shit hits the fan, then it's the wild hares who are out to rape and kill you and take yeah, what you've yeah. got. And their songs of chivalry are falling on deaf ears. So it's it's this interesting, like, the, the, the background pieces we get moving in this brand chapter are fucking super interesting and i really just like the idea of the wild hairs these guys riding around with their lances yeah like it's just no they're they're ridiculous but yeah brian is like fuck yeah this is what i'm about and he remembers ben fred from his visits with his father sir mayo hellman tallheart yeah and uh ben fred actually was amiable with john and rob and theon yet Roderick is clearly displeased by what he hears and says, You will instruct your nephew. He is to remain at Torrance Square as his lord father commanded. And Leobald says that he will. And then he's... Oh. And uh, Lady Hornwood, you might have heard of her and like some lands that are currently up for grabs. Well, my son, Baron used to be fostered by Lady Hornwood and so she was really she really liked him so maybe we just make him take the Hornwood name just just to keep the line going that's and my own, only interest jumps here. in on this one not even giving yeah. Roderick Castle the, the opportunity he's like we will take your words under consideration and provide them to my brother the king rob Thank you. Yeah. Next in line yeah, please. Yeah. Number 54. Yeah. <laughs> and the like He's even like what? Leobald oh, is the, the like, blink, the, f- the blinking meme, like the guy who's like, yeah, yeah, like, excuse me. And he seems surprised that Brand spoke, and Brand sees immediately the pity in his eyes, but mingled with the gladness that at least his son was not a cripple. You motherfucker! And for a moment, oh. Brand hated the man. Me too. But <laughs> Leobald leaves, and Lewin thinks that he may be their best bet. Leobald's 
suggestion. The, and, the boy actually is part uh, Hornwood, yeah. and so keeping the name that he would be willing to forsake the Tallheart name and take the Hornwood name instead and keep the line going. But um, then it becomes, he says, it becomes an issue of the boy defending the lands. Who is he going to defend the lands? How is he going to defend the lands against the likes of Bolton and Umbers and right. and all this other stuff? And and then it becomes an issue of if she has a suitor who's too old, she's going to be in the same spot again. Where when he dies in a few short years, all those people are going to yeah, be coming Yeah, because the name together. Frey gets mentioned and Bran perks up on that saying that Lady Hornwood could take both of our Freys. And I like Roderick. He just says, you are not kind, my prince. And <laughs> he just softly, like, he's not really, like, this is when I like Roderick, when he's being that. Yeah, yeah. That... So can I point out the, because we haven't actually shown the the comparison between princes, where that's the meanest thing Bran has done. Mm-hmm. Where he's, well, she can get, just take the fucking Yeah, phrase. get these wards out of here. Joffrey. Prince Joffrey. Oh, they'd be strung up already, Like, man. like done. Flayed, yeah. Just <laughs> fucking brutal. Like, how much of a difference there is, like, in that that's the biggest tongue lashing that he's gotten for being a, an unfair. And it almost reminds I mean, me yeah, of Aegon. Bran's Aegon. worst behavior is his howling at Lewin. Right, like, right, right. You know, just, just acting out that way. And that's, act- yeah, that's a good comparison to Joffrey, where, like, Joffrey's worst thing is right now having Ned Stark beheaded and these yeah, bastard like, babies killed. Right, like, like Bran so, is, yeah. you know, telling him like these kids are mean and I want them to leave my home. Like that's any fucking kid. Yeah, like, like, and so yeah, I and he follows it because Roderick says, "You are not kind, my prince," and he says, "Neither are the Walders." And he doesn't back down from it, which I like. And in the following days, more ravens arrive, but these ones with regrets. The bastard of the Dreadfort would not be joining them. Neither would the Mormonts and the Karstarks, as they all went south with Rob. Lord Locke was too old to make the trip. Lady Flint was too heavy with child. And eventually, all the principal vassals of House Stark were heard from, save for the Cranigman, Howard Howland Reed, who hadn't left his swamps in quite a few years. And House Serwin. And House Serwin. So before we go yeah, further before with those, we get... um, <clears throat> I had this thought I meant to ask earlier, but... Do you think that Ramsey is building the army at Roos's request? Yes. And so it's he's tell he told him start gathering. I forces. think I think yes. I think the seizing of Lady Hornwood is Ramsey's own. I agree. And, I don't and think that's that when that he starts acting out. But I think this is at Roos's command. Yes. That Roos is preparing to. Be prepared, I suppose, yeah. really. He just wants to be ready, thinking that it's probably going to go south with the Lancers. Yeah, because uh, I think in book one we do get mention of his bastard at the Dreadfort, and right. he could have him raising forces, you know, right, in, right. In, in case they need it. And so I, I do think that this is at Roos's command. Um, whether or not that actually is confirmed or denied, I couldn't Yeah, and I don't, I don't think it would be something that's per... But my first thought was... So they received a raven from the bastard. Yeah. Was it a pink letter? Was it a pink letter? Oh, that's why when I was talking to you earlier yeah. about that, I see. Yeah. Dang, yo. It's not mentioned, so I mean. Yeah, no. Could you. Fuck. I mean, just. I'll be on the like, lookout for I that. I mean, this but... is. It's the, apparently like. I just think it's interesting that he wrote them. He wrote them saying, no, I'm not coming. See, that's. And that's what I thought was. But I, I was thinking about that. All the people that said, no, we're not coming. The reason for everybody who did come 
is to beg for the lands. Is to beg for He's and not ask. Gonna ask. He, there's nothing he wants from that. They're not required to come. They're, they're, no. I mean, they're checking in and saying why they can't because it's just a harvest festival where they're supposed to be checking in how much grain they've reserved and and yada yada yada. And that's a lot. And of, celebrate a little. And bit that's a and lot drinking. of the conversation is like Roderick and Lewin telling them to upgrade, uh, increase the amount of yeah, grain. Yeah, start saving away. a fifth instead yeah. of a tenth of your and, grain. And so it's yeah no he. And so he doesn't need or want anything from them. He's yeah. he's going to take it. And then, uh, so yeah, that's just, I thought that was super interesting that we got a letter from the Dreadfort. Yeah. And then the Mormonts and Karstarks. Makes sense. Accurate, yep. Lord uh, Locke, uh, Malister? Mal- Malister Locke? Or... Um, I just, Lord Locke Lord is Locke. what I have there. And um, old Lady Flint. Yeah. Uh, well, because Lord Locke was too old to too come. Old, yeah. And Lady Flint is too pregnant to yeah. come. Uh, then we get, you know, that there's no house read. Now, we do know that Jojen and, and Mira, Mira are on, on their way. way. I'm on my way. And does that have anything to do with the harvest? That's why? Or is it because, you know, I know Jojen has clearly got his little vision saying, I, I think go it has to everything to do with the harvest because right now, Ramsey Bolton is about to make his move. Yeah. Like, things are about to start moving. Winterfell is about to be sacked by and Theon. And it all coincides it, with the Theon Greyjoys. Greyjoy the, is yeah. getting ready to move. Like, yeah, I think it's. Jojen, I think Howland Reed is a fully aware of his son's ability. His son and took it to it. him. He said, this is what I'm said, seeing. Yeah, you. no, if this is what you're seeing, go get Bran Stark. Go get my BFF Ned's fucking son out right, of there right. and save him. I, I 100% <laughs> think so. And, uh, and yeah, like, but I think that's it. That's why Howland isn't is because he's like, I can't. Yeah. I, so you go in my stead, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're doing the Harvest Festival, so that'll be a good time, a for good you introduction to kind of just all for you to show up. Yeah. yeah, and and then you can get close to Bran and do what you need to do, but I need to remain here because Ned Stark told me that I need to reveal to the world that Jon Snow yeah. is a Targaryen. So, blah. So I'm dumb excited for some Jojen. I era. am dumb excited for some fucking Howland Reed. I no need shit, my bro. Howland Reed fix. Um. So... Back to the other house that's not there, House Serwin. Serwin. A few days later. Well, Lord Serwin is a current Lannister captive, so right. That's why and his son <laughs> is yeah in holding the the place in his stead, and he's like fourteen. Yeah. Um, which is about Bran's age at this point. Yeah. And so Bran one day is riding Dancer. Dancer. Is that his horse? Yeah. Name? Dancer. Dancer, and he. Just sees this night with Clay. What up, bruh? Like I, I am so. I. It's upsetting that he had to get the Stannis news here. Yeah, because they were but like, it out. Yeah, he, like he was. He finally had a friend. Yeah, that, well like, met, Bran. Hey, like, what's up, yeah. Bran? Like we've played before. Yeah, we've hung yeah. out. Like we've known each other for years. Like, yeah, it, it and so was I was cool. like, yeah. fuck yeah, because like, and he's got you know the the line of like what was it, sixteen or twenty nights behind him. Because he know? does the joke. Oh, do I call you Prince Bran now? And Bran's like, whatever you like. Whatever you and like. He's like, 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 I might as well. There's I, so many. Everyone's getting called Prince or King nowadays. Yada yada yada. Yeah. And then it was he a good brings, moment. unfortunately, the news that Stannis says. Granted. He need to hear it anyway, but it's yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, Bran doesn't know. That I know. Does Roderick yes. and Lewin. Yes. I, because that's when I, I was like, they didn't fucking tell him. Yeah. You motherfuckers. Yeah, I have to believe that they didn't bitches. tell him that Stannis he, declared himself. I I think that's a bad move, I do. Man. I agree. Because hearing it this that, way makes it seem like they're trying to keep it from him. They're keeping him. him in the dark, man. And if they just told him, listen, uh, Stannis has claimed... The crown as well, but don't worry, 
Rob has got things under control. These are where things. Yeah, like, more give him and some comfort, more and more, they're dropping down the fucking ladder for me because for they're, good supervisors. They're, they're, yeah, they're they're keeping this kid in the dark. Well, because he is the prince. He needs yeah. to learn these things. Well, and that's it. Like, there's there are Targaryen princes and kings who have been dealing with the court proceedings since they were 8, mm-hmm. 10 years old. And Bran has been doing this since he Bran was 10 years old. Bran needs to know shit. that there is another king contender as Lord of Winterfell. Plain and fucking simple. Yeah. Like, so he can appropriately greet people as they come and know, oh, this one might be a Stannis fucking lord. Like, we need to be careful with, like... Plain and simple, yeah. they fucked up not telling Bran. Yeah, that's That stupid. is dumb. So and Clay, he runs off, though. Yeah, well... Uh, oh, you got something more with Yeah, Clay. yeah, because Clay tells him that Stannis... Yeah, I've got a lot more. Stannis is a king now. Cersei bedded her brother, so Joffrey is a bastard. Oh, right. And right. one of the knights Duh. speaks up, Joffrey the Illborn. Small wonder he's fa- uh, faithless with the king slayer for a father. And another agreed, the gods hate incest. Look how they brought down the Targaryens. And for a moment, Bran felt as though he could not breathe, as if a giant hand fist had seized his chest. He felt as though he were falling. And he clutches tightly to Dancer's reins. His terror must have shown, because Clay, you all right, bro? And... It's only another king. Like, I think he just got a wicked head rush there from like yeah, the, yeah, oh yeah, oh, the realization. Yeah, and like, and so he probably swayed a little bit. Yeah, he probably got a little pale. And, and Bran just turns for the stable, going, "Yeah, Rob will beat him." And the blood roaring in his ears. And that night, he prayed to his father's gods for dreamless sleep. Yet the nightmare they sent him was wolf, worse than any wolf dream. So yeah, that moment on on Dancer to me is the dam breaking. He's he is like. The blockage is now gone. He now has the cap- uh, capacity to remember that night if he focused on it, which he doesn't until he goes to bed. And I don't think even there he's focusing on it. Yeah, I, he still doesn't I, I, that's recognize it. I don't think he realizes that it's like a memory that he can now. Yeah, look and, back and on. I still think it's just a gold because he says it's the golden man. So he, the crow was pecking at his eyes, shrieking, "Fly or die!" Yeah, and it, it works on one eye until he can't see out of it, and then switches to the other, and he's blind. He's he crying. Can't see anything. He's weeping. Pleading. And the the crow starts pecking him right on his forehead, and this is when you kind of realize. That it's opening his third yeah, the eye, third there. eye yeah. and all of a sudden it opens. It cracks open his his skull, and he can see again. And but he's not just standing anywhere. He's clutching the side of this fucking decrepit tower, miles high, screaming for help. When a golden man appeared in the sky and pulled him up, the things I do for love, and then he chucks him the fuck back off. <laughs> and once again, he doesn't. It's not Jamie Lannister. It's a golden man appeared in the sky. Yeah. And is it Jamie? Is it not the three-eyed crow, the Brendan Rivers, like, teaching him to fly? I think it's, that's the metaphor, is Jamie's sort of the catalyst. The breaking of, the loss of Bran's legs is his call to action of his hero's journey. And so he's... Jamie is in in a sense that catalyst as well as the three-eyed raven of starting him along this path I think 
and so no, I think it's it's representative of Jamie here. This is yeah, yeah. him getting the memory, and the Three Eyed Raven is using that to inspire the fly or die. The you need to wake up now, and apparently you're not. I'm not gonna fucking be able to keep this from becoming a thing. Right. So we're gonna use it, and so yeah, just fucking here. You remember? Now there you go. Like yeah, it happened because Joffrey is a fucking incest baby. You saw the queen and her brother fucking. You saw it. That's why you got chucked out the window. Yeah. Now fly or die, bitch. Figure it out. Whoop. Yeah. That doesn't mean shit. Yeah. So I think at this point, Bran is fully aware of everything that he saw. And and I think that's why he gets the head rush of the implication of like oh, oh fuck like shit. I was a witness to this I got chucked from the tower that yep. started father and all the Lannister shit like I don't feel so good so that was <laughs> Bran two damn it was good it was really good fuck and so, so yeah sorry we ran a little long here we still have some inductees to give yeah do you have one yeah my inductee in this one fucking. Son of a bitch. I, get, I think it's just going to go to Osha because she is so far the consi- the consistent best advice Bran has gotten and doesn't seem to have a fucking agenda other than get the fuck out of the north, north of the wall first, and then now just serve and, and be a mentor-esque shoulder yeah, for yeah. this kid. And compared to what Lewin and Roderick were pulling this episode... Yeah, I think Osha's a much better influence on Bran than those two could ever hope to be at this point. And so, yeah, Osha for me. Word. Uh, I'm going to give mine to Clay Serwin. Oh, word. Because, like, he sees Bran. He knows Bran's crippled. He don't give a fuck. He's like, Bran, what are you doing, dude? And he's like... He just gets. I, I was really upset at the fact that that news kind of had the effect on him. Is he? Yeah, it, that it was like, brought by It was play. so nice to see that you know that uh, friendship between Bran and anybody really. Yeah, he's Bran been able so to enjoy alone a here normal and, conversation. Yeah, not with just an old man telling him what to do. It's not about or, his uh, crippledness. It's not a Walder fucking talking mad shit. Just a fucking genuine kid that he's been playing with for years. Yeah. Excited to see him again. So, Clay Serwin. That's a good one. Um, We do have a couple inductees from some listeners. Yeah, so from our favorite French fry, Julian. He says, it's 3 a.m. here, and he's staying in a hotel for work. So, uh, thanks for writing into us. A bit slick, sick, too. So, feel better. better. Like, shit, dude. Some greetings, lordlings and dreaming. Interesting chapter for me to understand the politics through the North and the first real wildling exodus talks. Many interactions between Bran and different characters. As expected, I dislike Little Walder. You can't help it. Yeah. Bran realizing what happened to him and why felt nice. I can't remember how it happened in the show and if it changed anything, so let's see what is up in the books. As for my inductee, it's not going to be a nice one this time. I have appreciated very much the first words about this ignorant enigmatic character in the show i had trouble understanding who he was at first in this chapter he is clearly described and the description fits the anticipation of his future deeds then however he became one of my favorite my favorite one to hate once joffrey died a superb villain i can't wait to read more about and see evolve in the books i'm sure you figured it out by now i'm inducting the Bolton Bastard to the Brotherhood, a sly creature hunting with his thing Reek. So Reek ain't Theon here. At first? Valor Duhoundarius? 
Yeah, I saw that too. Valor Duhandaris. Uh, is that because he has his hounds? Oh, maybe. I'm guessing. Duhandaris. Um, so, Julian, great inductee. Let me tell you that the this description gets so overshadowed by his physical description compared to the show. God, he's fucking scary. He's a gross, vile fucking dude. He's a scary dude. And yeah, that's a great one though, because he is. It was super. I perked up immediately because I did not, was not expecting Bastard of Bolton talk in this chapter so i was really excited too so yeah you're in for it it gets good we also received some correspondence from our little wildling friend up in canada and he had trouble picking this is ari by the way Ari, i had trouble picking an inductee this chapter i thought about the wild hairs because they seem like a lot of fun uh but i think their bravado is more bluster than the brotherhood could use great decision yeah like they may be entertaining for like the first round but they're gonna be those bros up there that are like chug 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 this is why we let we let you guys induct people because you guys you guys know what's up you get it and so instead i would induct the far more reliable hodor see absolutely this is spectacular he takes a lot of shit this chapter but he never lashes out and does what he can to protect those he cares about with the sort of rough folk already inducted into the brotherhood I think we need a gentle soul like his to show the gang what we're fighting for. Absolutely. We can always so use got, more Hodor. So, yeah, thank you, Julian. Thank you, Ari, for those inductees. So this episode, we got Clay. Clay Ker- We got Sorry, Osha. Osha. We got fucking Ramsey, Ramsey Bolton, Bolton and, and Hodor. And Hodor. So I think that's a pretty good widespread. Yeah, we're, we're across we're the board. With an honorable mention of the Wild Hairs, but I think those four inductees kicked the Wild Hairs out of the Brotherhood after they had their first free round. So, holy shit, it was a really good chapter. We had so much correspondence from you guys, and we loved every fucking ounce of it. So keep it coming. Keep it coming. Next chapter we're reading is Tyrion 4. Tyrion's going to be doing what I always have called his hat trick, which is one of my favorite chapters in the book where he actually starts playing the game really well. Yeah, so get us your inductees for that. After him, I didn't write Sansa who was next. Two, yo. Sansa 2, yo. Sansa 2. Yeah. So write us, let us know what you think, give, give us your your inductees, and we'll catch you on the next one. Valid Harris! Peace! Peace!